Welcome to the episode 6 Amazing Race Canada 5 recap podcast for RTV Warriors. I am Logan Saunders, and join me, as ever, is a guy who travels to Ottawa to pick up women in order to plant his mustard seed, Michael Harmstone. You can just call me Mikey Mustard. Yeah. Your mustard seed's spreading everywhere. Oh, all over the place. What a weird episode. Just, what a perplexing episode, generally. I think the whole Johnny Mustard incident is the first time I've ever said what the fuck out loud while watching The Amazing Race. Yeah, shortly after our podcast recording last week, I did find out that the episode title was We Just Saw Johnny Mustard. And I wasn't sure what the hell it meant. And I'm still not sure what the hell it means. How did he get that nickname? It's not like there's Johnny Appleseed, but I missed out on the sequel of Johnny Mustard. And also, this makes three episode titles for Kevin and Ryan. Are they going for a record? Almost certainly. This is getting stupid now. They really want us to like it. And the crazy thing is, is that people are like, man, what a what a weird coincidence that's so Canadian to run into your brother while on The Amazing Race. One, the CTV affiliate spoiled where the U-turn board was going to be uh, the day of or even the day before, and everybody knew Amazing Race Canada was going to be in Ottawa that day. So I bet you certain family members who live nearby may or may not have driven to one of the route markers to see their relatives race. Let's be abundantly clear. There was nothing random about this incident. This was purely perpetuated by CTV doing the whole, oh, we're going to be in Ottawa tomorrow. Why don't you come on down and see the U-turn board at the Bywood Market? To the point where I think they actually tweeted out a photo of uh, Adam and Andrea at the board. Yeah, like they spoiled that Sam and Paul used it on Kevin and Ryan right when it happened. It's like, there is nothing random about this. How can you not realise how stupid this is? Plus, he would have had to sign the waiver and everything for his appearance. I mean, he was filmed on camera. It's not like, oh man, what a crazy coincidence. My brother my brother who lives in town came out to this public location that, that the Amazing Race Canada was actively promoting the filming of. My brother who lives two minutes away from the Bywood Market, according to someone on Reddit who knows the family. My god. Hmm. Oh, we're gonna get there. There's been a lot of revelations about that. It's like, man, as if Selkirk College wasn't enough of a connection for Kevin and Ryan, now we get their brother to appear in Ottawa. We might as well just call this the Amazing Race Canada 5 Kevin and Ryan edition, because they seem to be going to all of their old haunts. Southeast Asia, we have Selkirk College, we have Ottawa. Next they're going to go They're gonna go for brunch at their mom and dad's house, which I'm kind of surprised. It's all the way the hell, the hell out in Newfoundland. Yeah, how the hell could CTV not realise that this was going to happen? That's what I don't get. This is pretty lax from production. Yeah. Like when they were doing the international travel, John Montgomery couldn't say what show it was. Even when the Canadian's like, oh, you're filming Masonry's Canada? He had to be like, nope. <laughs> but when Johnny fucking Mustard's involved, sure, let's bend the rules and just actively say Masonry's Canada is filming today. I just don't get what they thought was going to happen when they tweeted out a, a picture from the local affiliate saying, oh yeah, we're going to be in Ottawa today. Remember how much trouble Tim Jr.'s wife got into for going for seeing the the Saskatchewan Rough Riders event? Exactly. In season one? People were furious about that. 
This was four years ago. She got in so much trouble. Yeah, people were making fake Facebook accounts saying that the Timbs' win for the season was no longer legitimate and making fake accounts just to say, oh yeah, Tim Jr.'s wife uh, stalked uh, production for a chunk of the season. But yeah, Johnny Mustard does it, nobody bats an eye. And not just that, we also had when Adam and Andrea were at the U-turn and when, I think it was Corey Nirvana as well, you could blatantly see people taking pictures behind them. Yeah, they probably had selfies with the teams in the background. This is one of the many reasons that I think production for Amazing Race Canada are very stupid. Because they're just so lax. There are certain things that you expect from production, like, you know, not revealing where you're going for an Amazing Race leg. Or, for example, not letting relatives of uh, team members actually see their relatives race and therefore help them. Yeah. It's not hunted. (laughs) I suggest you're ready to go into blaze mode right about now, Michael. Hmm. I'm quite angry about this episode generally because i think it was terribly planned <laughs> talking of people being angry uh, you got some hate mail this week yeah apparently in the rob has a podcast patron group really Ooh. somebody said i was a cross between tmz and huffington post with my last australian survivor blog awesome i've been waiting a few days to actually ask what it was because i thought i'd bring it up on the podcast for fun so yeah apparently within one of, i'm not in that group but uh I guess people were talking about the guy who was telling uh, my uh, editor, saying, oh yeah, this felt like a cross between a TMZ and a Huffington Post article. I will never read any of these recaps again. It's like, okay, hater. Typical RHAP. <laughs> and one thing I forgot to mention from last week. You know how in sort of the haze of talking about how terrible the race play thing was last week, which will come back up again this week. Mm-hmm. Did you see how terribly formatted one of the questions was? The answers were way too long, so it sort of stretched out over the percentage and everything. Oh, you couldn't even see what they were trying to ask. Well, you, could, you couldn't see the percentages. So we're just left guessing. Yeah, it was really badly formatted. It's just something that I needed to bring up. <laughs> so, let's cover the rest of this episode. Previously, teams are traveling internationally through a bunch of Asian cities. Oh, by the way, we were corrected on why they went to Shanghai last round. I know, I still don't believe it. You don't believe it? Nope. Even though there's insider knowledge? Yeah, even though there's insider knowledge, I I doubt that they would do that. They would just delay the race. Because it's happened in the past. Weather delay is not a new thing. Right. You're wrong, okay? We may as well mention it now that we've been talking about it, but apparently um, the real reason, supposedly, for why... Uh, they went to Shanghai last round is because the smog was too bad to take off from Beijing to Bangkok. So they rerouted teams through Shanghai and it's why they didn't get to do any filming on the streets at all. Cause I guess you need a big permit to file to film anything in Shanghai for television. So they just had it at the one random shop with the Cinerama employee and that was it. And that was just to buy producers time to be able to get uh, everything set up in Bangkok. Yeah. I mean, my, Basic argument is they rerouted it through Shanghai to give them a bit more time mm-hmm. because of the double earned leg. Right. So, anyways, that was that. And yeah, after last leg finished up, teams are heading to Ottawa where we get the peak of our Canada 150 theme for this season. Yay. And did you um, take the Canadian citizenship test? Yes. As did I. Did you pass? I did indeed, on one attempt. 
As did I. I got 15 out of 20 without really even trying last night. Yeah. So yeah, zero excuse when we get to that task. Zero excuse. <laughs> Definitely. And yeah, Adam and Andrea won the fast forward in Bangkok and their first leg in the process. Zed and Shabir couldn't stay silent at an active route info and couldn't stay afloat at a surfing detour. Although Corey, Nirvana and Karen and Bert chose a slow market task, Zed and Shabir couldn't buy their way out of being the fourth team eliminated from the race. And in the process of the return of the Canada 150 stuff, we also get the return of my favourite subplot, which is Monty insisting upon Amazing Race Canada being Canada's favourite summertime adventure. Canada's only summertime adventure. Yeah. By default, it is Canada's favourite summertime adventure. Hey, it is It is the favourite. He's not. It's not like he's deceiving us. No, but it is a bit tenuous. And yeah, teams have to fly to Ottawa and find the Otto 2017 cauldron to get their next clue from the mayor. Caution, W turn ahead, and they have a symbolic third of a, a spoonie for this leg of the race. Yeah, so they just, this round they just got one loony? Yeah, they got a, uh, a third of a spoonie. Third of a spoonie. Man. I thought it was, co- there's the loony, the toonie, the spoonie, and if I recall correctly, the spoonie can also be referred to as the loony toonie. Yep. I have no other notes on that subject. <laughs> so, it's a double U-turn this leg. Who'd have thunk? Yeah. It's it's like we've known about this for months. <laughs> I think even people like Wayne who actively avoid the location info probably heard about Ottawa. Yeah. Or as Monty likes to call it, Ottawa! <laughs> As I said in the group chat when I was watching this on Thursday, Monty saying the word Ottawa was bringing me out in hives. All he needed was some jazz hands. Yeah, it was very theatre. <laughs> Perfect place for a Canada's 150th. Did you like the stinger last week? Yes, yes I did. <laughs> I just kept it as a sort of sneaky little joke. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> did, did I include the so hot in there? I can't remember. No, you didn't. No, I, I have kept it back for when I do the um, uh, face cream clip this year. Yeah. <laughs> I think I originally did have it in there and then took it out. I hope Shabir isn't saying that while listening to this podcast. The relationship between us and the beard on the ball will get very weird uh, after this. The niche of people jerking off to our podcast. <laughs> it's like, man, I thought Gandhi was supposed to be more passive. From what I've heard, he's more aggressive. <laughs> That speedo was aggressive on it. <laughs> so I was going to speculate on what was going to happen with the double U-turn, but I already knew that Sam and Paul were going to use it. Yeah, I think everyone did. However, that was the least interesting use, because the other use of the U-turn proved to be much more interesting. I think the best term for it is a fucking mess. <laughs> it's it's funny to see the Quebec Quebecois accidentally target their own. Yeah, but not really. Not really. It was just, it was just Adam and Andrea. They just they uh, overestimated Andrea and Ebony. Usually, you underestimate your competition. This time, they drastically overestimated them. Shockingly, I'm gonna defend Adam and Andrea here. I think that maybe if you've got faith in your allies, you'd assume that they're gonna be ahead of you if they left half an hour beforehand. But maybe if you know Andrea and Ebony, you go, it's a self-drive leg, all bets are off. And and it would be kind of insulting if they used it and Andrea and Ebony were, were already ahead, just thinking, ah, there's still a chance they'll be behind us. And Andrea and Ebony are like, oh, you have no faith in our abilities whatsoever. 
So it's very much a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Yeah, I don't think that they were in a, a situation that they could have really won on. Mm-hmm. Plus, everyone knew it was going to be a non-elimination this round. Or they should have known it was a non-elimination this round. Having said that, there was a rumor that it was an elimination. It was a rumor? Yeah. Oh, well, that was a stupid rumor because it wasn't true. It was. And we did have the question of why they put a U-turn on a non-elimination leg. And the answer is, to quote Canada, drama. Yes, one word, drama. They're just saying up drama and storylines for the rest of the season. That's why they have started doing that more and more frequently uh, nowadays. Because basically, these teams are quite boring. So they needed to stir it up. And the best way to do that is to put in a U-turn that they know is going to get used because there's a limited U-turn, so there's no danger in using it. And then go, actually, guys, Canada 150, you got saved. Yeah, you are now a citizen of Canada. Now get the hell out of this race. <laughs> yeah, the, there's no other reason that they put another elimination there other than the fact that it's hilarious television. Especially... They have basically engineered a situation where Andrea and Ebony are going to get pissed off at Adam and Andrea next week. Yes, and the audience is pissed off at Andrea and Ebony because this is the second time they've been saved. And whenever a team gets saved by two or more non-eliminations in a season, everyone thinks it's rigged. So it's hilarious to watch that play out on social media. There was a hilarious amount of people going, oh, Andrea and Ebony are the worst team of the season. I hate them so much. It's just like, this is a season with Kevin and Ryan who production seem to actively be rooting for now. It's getting ridiculous. There's more roots with production for Kevin and Ryan than there are in the seedlings for the tulips in Ottawa. Yeah, let's be abundantly clear. They kind of rigged the season for Gino and Jesse. They're definitely rigging it for Kevin and Ryan. I wish Johnny Mustard could have been U-turned. Like Sam and Paul, when they put up Kevin and Ryan's picture, they should have just drawn in Johnny Mustard. And then Johnny Mustard would have had to perform the other side of the detour with Kevin and Ryan. I do wonder what would have happened if Johnny Mustard would have ran up to the U-turn board and seen Kevin and Ryan and gone, Dude, you're U-turned! Yeah. <laughs> dude! Dude! No way, man! Because I guess production would have had to step in and tell him to shut the fuck up at that point. Yeah. Because they need the organic reactions. And interestingly, the team names weren't actually on the photos as well. It was just pictures. It was. Classic. So, thanks to Sam and Paul, we do find out what a U-turn is. Yeah, they really over-explained it, eh? Kind of loves an over-explanation. See also the cashback uh, sponsorships. And any season of Big Brother in the world. We haven't even gotten to any of the tasks yet, but boy oh boy, there was a lot of tasks this episode. Yeah, I'd say it's quantity over quality for this one. Yeah. We had... Two active road infos, a roadblock, a detour, and a U-turn. So essentially it's five tasks. And also, the first active route info is a contender for the worst task that they've ever done. Parking cars? Not just parking <laughs> cars, but parking cars in the shape of the letters of Canada. <laughs> Canada 150. Guys, can you tell it's the 150th anniversary of Canada yet? Because if you can't, we're going to keep harping on about it. We're going to literally spell it out for you. Do you remember when I said that I didn't want to cover this season because it would be overly patriotic and really obnoxious? Well, <laughs> you got it this week. We've got to the podcast where we're talking about it being uh, overly patriotic and deeply obnoxious. 
Well, yeah, it's as patriotic as an RCMP horse's ass. <laughs> Whoa, that was one of the worst scenes I think I've ever seen in The Amazing Race. We had, like, it would be different if it was just one, one racer commenting on a horse's ass, but it was all six teams commenting on a horse's ass. <laughs> I was going to save this for when we cover the roadblock, but production, if you're listening, like, 15, 20 minutes into this podcast... The one thing that I do not want to see on an episode of Amazing Race when I'm talking about it is a deep inside picture of a horse's arsehole. Yeah, like, I don't want to see a horse getting a colonoscopy by Karen and Bert. Because we saw this for about one or two seconds. It was not a brief picture of a horse's arsehole. No, it makes you wonder what Mike Bickerton's into. Yeah. I mean, had it gone any further, they would have shoved a camera up there. Yeah, we would have seen this. It would have been a scope. Yeah. We could have, we, from now on, you know, just give the horse some Pico Salax, and you've got a colonoscopy right there. Roadblock, who's ready to lube up a horse? It's the opposite of a block. <laughs> it's like a road go through. Like, I know I give production a hard time, but I'm not overstepping the bounds when I say that there is many things that we do not need to see on TV, see Gino and Jesse, but also, one of those things is definitely... A horse's arsehole. Or for that matter, anything's arsehole. Which was worse, the horse's asshole or Johnny Mustard? Well, both are assholes. <laughs> you can't tell, the, can't tell the difference. You put them side by side, they look identical. I know, I know full well you were setting me up for that joke, but I still don't care. I'm still going to go for the low-hanging fruit of him being an asshole. Yeah. Speaking of low-hanging fruit, we also saw that with the horse, too. I know. We saw everything. Do they not have editors for this sort of thing? It's like we saw more of the horse than we did of Suki and Gender in the life-drawing task. Hopefully when Karen and Birch get eliminated, that James Duffy doesn't pull out a portrait of the horse task. How many levels of people did this edit go through, and did not one of them flag up, maybe we don't need to see a horse's arsehole in this scene? I'm being paid $40,000 a year to do this. But it wasn't just that, it's that they zoomed in. Like, I was watching this at work. I could get banned from work's internet for watching a horse's arsehole. They will think I'm into some kinky shit. Yeah, but you know, RCMP. (laughs) And I love how this episode, 206 episodes in, is setting the record for the number of times we've said arsehole. (laughs) Yeah. And this is the second, already the second RCMP challenge for Amazing Race Canada. I know, I mean, I kind of guess they had to do an RCMP task. They just didn't need to focus on horses' assholes. I must say, I preferred the first RCMP task over this one. It was less RCMP and more RCMP. <laughs> and RCMP might have to be the episode title. <laughs> So yeah, what what else happened this episode? Um, Not a lot else. No, like this. There's a reason why we're just jumping around because it's like I don't even know how to react to things like Johnny Mustard and a horse and and a citizenship test. Like, what the hell am I supposed to write about that? Every team that went there, it was oh, I'm really good at this. I was really good in school and good at tests. Oh, but my partner isn't good at tests. And it was the exact same thing with all six teams, except Andrew and Ebony, because they were already last. But all the other five teams, it happened every single time where it's like, okay, you can do it for one team, 
where you have that storyline. But we don't need it for all five. Did Adam and Andrea uh, struggle with it that much? Because I think they both passed on the first time, because that's why they won the leg, spoilers. I thought Adam took an extra attempt. Oh no. Yeah, does well, yeah, they fin- maybe it was first attempt for both of them. I think it was first attempt, but Adam was saying stuff like, Oh, I'm definitely not that book smart. Yeah, because oh Andrea said she hadn't taken a test in several years through being in the arts program. And then Adam said he's just really he's lazy, but he's just naturally good at taking tests. And they become the first team to win two legs a season and they disrupt the pattern of a new team winning each leg because for some reason uh, Andrea and Ebony, Corin Ivana, and Karen and Bert did not feel like winning this leg. Interestingly, they did point that out in this leg. They actually mentioned that it was five teams in five legs. It's such an even race. Oh my god. Yeah, it really isn't. And at the airport, Adam and Andrea want an alliance with Andrea and Ebony and Sam and Paul, who of course agree. Well, they're still aligned with one of those two teams. They still half going strong. Yeah, half Quebecois. And we, of course, because it's Amazing Race Canada, get another mayor, uh, another appearance by a mayor. How many mayors have been in Amazing Race Canada? We have. Well, the Calgary mayor was awesome, so I'm glad that he got to be featured last year. This time, I think Jim Watson's been the only mayor. I don't even know who Jim Watson was, and I'll probably forget by next week. Have they? What other? Who? There's got to be other mayors that have appeared. This is five seasons. I'm not sure if they were acknowledged or not. Oh, so they'll have, like, the pissed-off family members, like, in other years, where they're like, oh, my, you know, my family member was the clue-giver for this task. Yeah. And you didn't you didn't show, you didn't say their name on TV. It's like, no, because they're not an Olympian. The Olympians get to have their full name said. And it's like, oh, I guess that person was an Olympian. Let's be honest, though, none of them are as good as Deputy Minister Patana. No, nobody's going to top Deputy Minister Patana. Not before... Not now and not ever. He is the king, not just of Amazing Race Asia, but of all the international versions on this very planet. Like, maybe there's, like, a deputy minister on Mars or Saturn or something that might be better than him. But in planet Earth, deputy deputy minister Patana is numero uno. Go! <laughs> he was just so enthusiastic at the start and the end of the race. Those thumbs couldn't be any further up. And I do love how basically him and Tara Bajro couldn't exist in the same universe. Yeah, it's like they just uh, morph into each other. Like, uh, maybe Deputy Mr. Patana took lessons from Professor McGonagall of Harry Potter and just transfigures himself into a struggling Indonesian actress. Oh, I can't wait for Amazing Race Asia 6. <laughs> I hope Tara Bajro's back just for more jokes. Have you seen any of Amazing Race China? No, I've heard about it, though. The Dancing Juice Box is in the entire season premiere. It's just a guy dressed up as a juice box because the company's one of the sponsors. He's at the starting line. He's at the pit stop, and he's just all throughout the leg. And it's just a guy just dancing around who will high-five teams and stuff. And Alan Wu even takes photos with him and stuff like that. I know they finally did something that I've wanted Amazing Race to do for a while, and that is visit Disneyland. Oh, yeah, they did have a Mickey and Minnie... Uh, mouse task. Well, the reason I say that is because at least Amazing Race US used to be produced by Buena Vista Entertainment, which is owned by Disney. So I'm very surprised that it's taken 70-odd seasons to um, to get a Disney task. And teams have a pretty impressive flight path. Yeah, what is it? They go through Hong Kong? It was Bangkok to Hong Kong to Toronto to Ottawa. 
did you know that because the smoke has been so bad where I live, that an article recently was published that said Vernon's air quality is worse than Hong Kong. Hong Kong's air quality wasn't actually that bad when I was there. But still, though, it's like, you would think any of the cities in Canada would have better air quality than a metropolis in China. Singapore was pretty bad when we were there because of the, the smog caused by forest fires in Indonesia. But uh, but Hong Kong wasn't. Wonderful Indonesia? Uh, wonderful Indonesia, of course. And, yeah, once teams meet the mayor, they've got to head to Hogsback Falls and repark five cars to spell out one of the letters that spell Canada, cause Canada 150, to get their next clue. And, of course, Kevin and Ryan pick D. They pick D? Yeah, they choose D. You'd think with how much Canadian pride they would have, they would choose one of the A's. Or they'd pick the D, but actually park it in the A. I can't take credit for that joke. That's all Sarah from Big Brother Canada 3. We've not done any D and the A jokes since uh, since Sarah from Big Brother. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, Sam and Paul struggle to park, and Kevin and Ryan leaving first, and we get the first of about 50 bajillion givers in the episode. Oh, how many were there this week? We got, they had to make up for zero. It was 14, I believe. 14? Hmm. They tied a personal best? They did. Did Johnny Mustard say give her? No. I wonder what a, what like a family dinner would be like there. Does everyone just like, oh, pass the potatoes? No, give her the potatoes. Give her, give her, give her. Give her. I'm tired. I'm going to give her the sleep. I'm done givering for the day. I'm just pleased Monty hasn't perpetuated it. He's still calling him Kevin and Ryan now. Did, did Kevin and Ryan say give her when they were next to the horse's ass? Yes. <laughs> like when they were lifting up the tail? Oh, they did? Like when they were cleaning it? By the time anyone got to the roadblock, there was four givers already. Jeez. And yeah, it's a roadblock, which is who's let, ready to let it ride? In this roadblock, one team member must groom a horse for the RCMP and then dress it to get their next clue. And it's Ryan, Andrea, Corey, Adam, Paul, and Karen doing this roadblock. And... Seen as though race play is an absolute feckin' joke, we get the wonderful question of, would you do this roadblock? Yes or no? Did you notice the stat on it, Logan? No. 100% yes. 100% would do it? Yeah. Really? It's like, what is the point of asking the question? People are going to say yes, because it's an Amazing Race Canada task, and they want to be on Amazing Race Canada for some reason. Next week, the race play question should be, have you listened to RTV Warriors? W- would you like to listen to RTV Warriors? Please, somebody listen you- to RTV Warriors. Yeah. Do you find RTV Warriors funny? 99% no. No. <laughs> <laughs> I should mock up that question really someday. Also, you know how I love creating um, photoshops for your birthday? I might mm-hmm. just have to put the horse's arsehole one on for next year. And it's just the expression on Karen's face when she's lifting up the tail? No, uh, no, just the screen grab of the horse's arsehole. <laughs> just that. Just happy birthday, you arsehole. We, hopefully something else better comes along until next July. This is a big step down from the seal of approval or the kangaroo. Well, it's the seal of approval, the kangaroo, the James Duffy one, and um, this year's one was the Tara Basra one. <laughs> All of which I'm incredibly proud of. <laughs> and yeah, by this point we get four givers. Ugh. And Andrea says that she loves horses, even the butts. Focus on the horse's butt. Bestiality in the making. <laughs> 
Was this Andrea or An- Andrea? No, this is Andrea, actually. Andrea? Yeah, because the next note I've got is, Adam says his horse likes it clockwise. It's like the clock exercises from The Big Comfy Couch, which is a popular uh, children's program. If you say so. Like, that's actually kind of interesting with The Big Comfy Couch. Um, the main chick in it, she, she's a clown. No, she's an actual clown. I'm like, oh, she's a clown. Um, and in the middle of the, each episode, and, like, every kid, when they're around four or five years old, watches The Big Comfy Couch... And in the middle of the episode, they have this thing called clock exercises to get kids active. And she would just lay in the middle of a gigantic clock and just, like, move her legs around uh, clockwise or counterclockwise. And, yeah, and this was, like, a minute of each episode for several years. And the story with her gets a little bit depressing, though, because um, she was dating a guy who worked for a Capcom specifically on the Mega Man X series video games. And I guess she helped name some of the characters for one of the Mega Man X games. And then I can't remember what happened to him, but he ended up dying like two or three years after Mega Man X4 or X5 was released. Why did 90% of your stories include death? I don't know. <laughs> the punchline of a lot of your stories are, yeah, it's actually a sad one. Uh, someone died. I haven't thought about it. And oddly enough, yesterday I did go to a funeral. Yep, you put the fun in funeral. Not just like a random funeral, like, hey, guess what's in the paper today, guys? Um, Logan just has days off and then uh, crashes funerals. (laughs) It's like... Rocks up with a bottle of wine in his hand, just going, who's ready for a party? (laughs) Who's ready for a takeover? (laughs) (laughs) You just sort of amble over and just go... I'll take it from here. Yeah. You did well, Reverend. You did well. Who wants to get a bit more lively at this funeral? <laughs> so many mentions of the word arsehole that now just Logan crashes funerals. But yeah, it, it, it was somebody that I knew, so... I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not like, do I go to the beach today? You know, I'm going to go out to eat? No, 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 no. There is a funeral up at the, uh, you know, up at the chapel... And I'm I'm gonna be there. For once, you actually went to a funeral of someone you knew. It was my first time. <laughs> and um, Andrea gets rejected, and then the only good moment of this task is the fact that Karen's horse farts in her face. Which is, you know, which team I'm gonna reference now, right? Yes. It's surprising that Joel and Ashley weren't there, considering Karen became a fart face uh, in this roadblock. And Ryan leaves first, and we get another giver, just because we need more. Yes. Unlimited givers. Free refills on givers. Uh, There's free refills on so many things in uh, North America. I would love givers to not be one of them. That'll be an extra ten bucks for one more giver. It actually increases in price the more you get them. And Andrea leaves in second, and it's a detour, which is ridiculously named detour. She's tiptoed through the tulips, or get the picture. And in tiptoe through the tulips, teams must build a flower cart, and then search a park for 12 buckets of flowers to match an example cart to get their next clue. And in get the picture, teams must use binders to find 20 pictures in a 36,000 square foot warehouse, and take pictures of them to get their next clue. I was pissed off because teams did not, in fact, have to tiptoe through the tulips. Well, it would have been a great Zelda reference had they done it, because there is a side quest on some of the shrines on Breath of the Wild, where there's a lady who plants flowers. 
and you have to be really careful not to trample over them because she will get angry and kill you. Yikes. I'm turning into you. I'm having death-related stories now. <laughs> death-related botany stories. Fantastic. And we also get a seventh giver here. I'm so bored of saying that now. And for some reason, Andrea and Ebony decide it'll be fun to follow Kevin and Ryan. Constantly. They follow Kevin and Ryan. Their sole leg. It's like, is that is that really a footstep you want to follow? To which Ryan um, says, maybe the quote of the episode for me, because it's the audience's reaction to Kevin and Ryan. Uh, it's so ridiculous. Get away. <laughs> that was my reaction when I saw their bio. That's so ridiculous. Get away. Just a real lack of perspective on Kevin and Ryan's part. Yeah. And Adam leaves in third with Corey in fourth. And, they, and then Ryan says, Dude, freak the girls. <laughs> I think he talked a little bit slower than that. And then Kevin and Ryan deliberately lose Andrew and Ebony. And that causes them to get lost themselves. Karma! Karma. But Andrew and Ebony are lost too. Every, they went from being a caravan to just completely in Ottawa limbo. From what I've heard, Ottawa is quite hard to drive around. But why get out and ask for directions? It's a country where you live and speak the language. Your brother lives there. Exactly. All one of his friends. There's zero excuse. The brother probably can't give directions, but it's like, hey, random guy, I'm in a little bit of trouble here, and I just happen to borrow somebody else's cell phone, who I should be asking for directions from in the first place, but I think you could be a real pal and just give her the way to where I need to go next. Hey, random person in the street who I'm definitely not related to. <laughs> just everyone in Ottawa is related to Kevin and Ryan. Can I just borrow your cell phone? What would have made the thing even more Canadian is if uh, Justin Trudeau ran through the U-turn board area without wearing a shirt. We did see Justin Trudeau this week. We did? Yeah, in the, the intro where, where Monty was talking about how it, on July 1st, Ottawa had a massive... Oh, half yeah, he was in it. He was. Harper never appeared in the first couple seasons of Amazing Race Canada. So first Trudeau uh, appears on the front cover of a Marvel comic, and now he appears on Amazing Race Canada. Canada's favourite summertime adventure. Mm -hmm. Too bad he can't compete. Maybe for uh, Amazing Race Canada 6 Celebrity Edition. Yes. I would like to see what random Canadian celebrities they would drag out for that. Probably Hal and Joanne. They're still the biggest Canadian celebrity we have. It'd be like Hal and Joanne... Daniel Powder, Bieber. Nelly Furtado's Canadian, isn't she? Yeah, Nelly Furtado. Maybe get Rick Moranis or John Candy. I know John Candy is dead, but they could find a way to bring them back. So is anyone's career who goes on Amazing Race Canada, so swings and roundabouts. And, of course, the biggest Canadian celebrity of all, Shala and Nabila. Oh, of course. We haven't had enough... Uh... We haven't had enough mentions of Shala and Nabila this year, given that they are one of our favourite teams ever. Shala and Nabila, the subject of 70 RTV Warriors podcasts. They currently hold the record for most mentions. I wouldn't be surprised, actually. I think they probably will do. I think they do already. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure we mentioned them every episode in Amazing Race Canada 2. I'm pretty sure we mentioned them in pretty much every episode of Amazing Race Canada 3 and 4. We basically mentioned them in, in about... 50% of all the other podcasts as well. I would have loved to see Charlotte and Nabila in this episode, because I bet you 
for the roadblock, they would have been assigned to a horse named Charlie. <laughs> okay, can you imagine Charlotte and Avila in the last episode having to do the surfing in Bangkok? In their cute outfits and the burkinis. <laughs> right next to Shabir. Exactly. <laughs> Who's going to face plant worse? It would have been a, a race between them in their cute outfits and uh, Shabir losing limbs every second. The little limbs from Shabir's lane ends up going over, jumps into uh, Shala and Nabila's lane and knocks them off their board. And what would have been great about this episode too with Shala and Nabila, if they were doing the horse road block, is while they're working on their horse named Charlie, if that, they also got Charlie horses again in both their legs. <laughs> and then just, I don't know why she would get a Charlie horse then, but like just right when she's cleaning the ass of the horse... <laughs> Oh, I'm cramping. <laughs> Another thing I love about the uh, the random photoshops that I do for your birthday is the fact that Charlakitu is now a thing. Yeah. <laughs> because she looks so much like Lakitu in in the infamous image of her Charlie Horsing. <laughs> yeah, she has the future. That, that's how she's going to be celebrity. In Mario Kart 9, she's going to be the signal to the start of every race. I would love it so much if someone modded that in. It's Nintendo's greatest summertime adventure. Just have it as DLC. Have DLC where Monty is the announcer and Shala is uh, Lakitu. That's all I want. You just blew Shala in both her legs. How is she going to get off this course? She's not going to do too well with the water level in Hyrule Temple. Maybe they can just have the um, have her be a sort of mobile hazard on one of the courses. Just have her sort of in the middle of the, the road cramping. Yeah, it's you have to hop. You have to like. Uh... Hop over in the motorbikes while uh, she's being dragged uh, across the middle of the road. Oh, I've missed Charlotte and Avila. Can you imagine if the rank down had Amazing Race Canada teams in it? We would have been defending Charlotte and Avila so much. We would have used all six U turns on them. We really would. And the latest nomination is sadly one of our other favourites. Who? From podcast number one, The Black Family. Oh yeah, the Black Family got nominated just now in the Mason Race rank down. Yeah. I won't be cutting them anytime soon. Neither will I. That would just be mean. The heartbreaking cut this week, though, is Denise and James Earl. James Earl knew about the, his nomination before I did. Really? James Earl actually knows about the Tower rank down? James Earl messaged me while I was on my lunch break saying, Oh, I just got nominated. What? Like, oh, he's following closely. So I checked, and sure enough, he was nominated. And not only that, but he was cut... Uh, like a couple minutes later, so I'm like, well, you told me that you're nominated, so I have to tell you that you were just cut. And then he's like, for some reason, your 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 news is worse. So some racers are following the rank down. Yeah, I mean, I'm not heartbroken enough to use a U-turn on them, but I'm heartbroken enough that they got nominated in cut. In the 200s. And yeah, Karen leaves the horse fingering roadblock in fifth, with Paul in last. And because everyone gets lost, Sam and Paul get to the detour in first. Yeah, they made up a huge amount of time. Yep, although one correction I do have to make to Sam and Paul is cool, calm, and collected, not collective. Collective is weird. (laughs) Let's just be abundantly clear, you were wrong there. Good old Rodney. Yeah. Rodney is another person you don't want to channel. Oh, who can forget Survivor Worlds Apart? Me, preferably. It's a terrible season like Amazing Race 21. I like season 21. I know you do, but 
you have terrible opinions. What can I say? There's Ryan from the Apprentice Martha Stewart edition, Michael. There's also about seven teams below the Ashby line. Need we play more? Need we play more? And a terrible route. Alright, this episode. Not that, that much else is going on. Andrew off of Ebony's hobbies include building furniture, so of course they choose the tulip task. Mm-hmm. Although choosing seemed to be a moot thing to do anyway, considering they have to do both tasks. Spoilers. Yeah. And uh, this is also where we get our tenth giver of the episode. Hooray! We're into double figures for the second time this season. I need to come up with a ridiculous catchphrase for Amazing Race Canada. It's got to be something that makes zero sense, but I pretend it makes sense. It's got to be I got to come up with a catchphrase like "Ubi Jubi" or something like that. How about "Fuck you, bitches"? <laughs> I don't think that will air on TV, Michael. Just running through an airport screaming "Fuck you, bitches." <laughs> yeah, what you have to do in Kenneth and Ryan's voice. Fuck you, bitches. <laughs> hey, look, there's Johnny, bitch. <laughs> How about, oh, face cream. <laughs> yes, I'll start saying face cream everywhere. Face cream is everywhere. Mainly because I just want to see Monty uh, say, team face cream, you're team number one. You just got a face creamer. That's apostrophe ER. I've had to explain the face cream joke to so many people recently. Because, <laughs> like, when people were listening to Razor Race 28, it was fine. But the further out we get from 28, the more, like, ridiculous it is for us to still be doing the, oh, face cream. I have a feeling that will play in this episode. Also, I'm definitely disappointed that six episodes in, we've not had enough dirty quotes for me to do a face cream clip yet. It's usually about halfway through the season. Yeah. I mean, Shabir's not enough. I know. I have the Shabir one ready and waiting. He's just waiting to be face creamed. Have you ever heard of a podcast called My Dad Wrote a Porno? I've heard of it, but I've not listened to it. The episode I've just listened to, if we took clips from that and just put the face cream clip over it, it would work. I see. But it's ridiculous. I definitely recommend it, but it is a bit stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Who would record stupid podcasts and make lame jokes all the time? The difference is they're working from one of their father's erotic literature that he's written in his retirement, whereas we're just working with even shitter material. Yeah. This episode, it's literally... And I'm not talking about Johnny Mustard. Do you ever think uh, Kevin and Ryan would actually listen to our podcast? <laughs> I think they already have. <laughs> because there's a lot of jokes that we make at their expense that I've not heard any backlash for yet. Yeah, we've... We've been really pushing it. We, we, we're, we've been really trying to see how much we can get away with before either them, production, or another team, or a family member says something. But it's like we're so insignificant that nobody responds to it anyway. I'm very surprised we've not had any explicit backlash from production this year. I would have thought Mike Bickerton would have snapped at us yet. I think he's just he's in that uh, latter stage of, of grief where he's, he's at the acceptance. He's at the acceptance stage. I'm pleasantly surprised that no one has really had a go at us directly. (laughs) Obviously, we had that sort of shady tweet from Bickerton. Ivana tweeted me. Really? About the podcast? No, about the podcast, um, because this was about her back injury, eh? Uh, Of how serious it was, because she just recently talked about it about a week ago. And she tweeted her exact, uh, her current condition to me and uh, Linda Olson. Oh, cool. And then she tagged, yeah, she tagged me. 
Linda Olsen, and then the official Amazing Race Canada Twitter. So we're definitely on some teams' radar for this season. I'm disappointed Adam and Andrea haven't got on board the fact that I adore them. Like I've been begging it on the Facebook groups. Begging! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on guys, pay attention! Please! You gotta start waving your arms. You gotta start saying giver, Michael. That's a Canadian way to get attention. I'll just shout, wake up, Canada! <laughs> yes. Well, they're from Quebec, so you're just going to wake up the rest of Canada. And yeah, Karen and Bert leave Tulips in first. And teams now find Bywood Market, where the double U-turn board and Johnny Mustard await. So, Sam and Paul's U-turn news. Fairly straightforward. Well, you know the best thing about Karen and Bert getting to the U-turn first? The fact that nobody spotted them. I completely, yeah, completely forgot they were actually first there. There was no pictures of anyone getting to the U-turn board until Adam and Andrea. Because I looked it up afterwards. Everyone assumed that Sam and Paul and Adam and Andrea were the first two teams there. But not exactly. No, Karen and Bert just snuck in there. They probably didn't expect a middle-aged couple to be the first team to a U-turn board in Amazing Race Canada. Well, it was a flower arranging detail. Hey, well, Bert, and it was even more surprising because Bert's only work with uh, gardening or housework is putting on one coat, to, coat of paint. True. It's the only coat that uh, Karen allows him to put on. Yeah. And they put no coats on the U-turn board. And the Newfoundland will both be wearing coats. They decide not to U-turn because it's incredibly un-American or un-Canadian or whatever we're saying this time. <laughs> and the first U-turn board, especially on top of that where it's a highly suspected non-elimination leg, you're just asking for trouble. Unless you're U-turning Kevin and Ryan, then you're, then you're asking for fans. <laughs> yeah, but Sam and Paul take six legs of frustration at uh, Kevin and Ryan, freak out at the blank U-turn board, and then U-turn the shit out of them. Yeah. And we get another giver. Boo. Mm-hmm. And Andrea and Ebony leave in third, with Adam and Andrea in fourth. And uh, teams must now find the Canadian Museum of History and search for their next clue. That's all I really have to say about that. Yeah. I mean, we get the, the snafu with... Um, Adam and Andrea's U-turn or lack thereof. Yeah, we already discussed that though, didn't we? Yeah. Do we really have much more to talk about with that? Like, they just thought Andrew and Ebony were ahead based on logic, therefore decided not to U-turn anyone. But more interestingly, Corey Nirvana seems to consider Andrew and Ebony the um, the best performing team. Oh yeah, they did say that. Where the hell did that come from? Unlike the stats. <laughs> Andrew and Ebony are the worst performing team, if I'm not mistaken. They are indeed the worst performing team left. And have been saved by two non-eliminations now. And they've been finishing either second or seventh. And the only reason why they couldn't finish in seventh this leg is because there aren't seven teams remaining anymore. And um, do you know the best thing? No. Actually, as of this leg, the worst performing team over the past five episodes is equal Andrea and Ebony and Kevin and Ryan. Ooh, that is the best thing. The only reason Andrea and Ebony are currently the worst performing team of the the remaining six is because they came in seventh in the first leg and Kevin and Ryan came in first. And they didn't have an express pass, nor did they go to Selkirk College for two years. And um, Lost is apparently Andrea and Ebony's middle name, which, you know... Means that they get lost and come to the Usain Bud last. Uh, and Kevin and Ryan are particularly arrogant bastards when they see Andrew and Ebony at the second detail. Mm-hmm. We're the best. We finished the task even before they really showed up. 
bro, dude, we the best. We're the Canadian DJ Collins. Like, looking at Reddit especially, Reddit seems to have done a complete 180 on Kevin and Ryan. They seem to be enamoured with the fact that, oh, lols, his brother was just happened to be in Ottawa. It's like, CTV affiliate tweeted it out. RFF blatantly knew that they were going to be there anyway. And on top of that, apparently all of their family were basically on a group chat going, oh my god, they're in Ottawa. You need to go there, Johnny. It's like, production are blatantly favouring them now. Do you think Johnny Mustard's going to be on season six? Hopefully not. Hopefully him and Blaze go to a cabin in the woods. <laughs> Little hunted joke for everyone who listens to the podcast. <laughs> on the subject of Hunted, we are about a month away now from, from Hunted returning, I think, which is great news. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited because I already know a little bit of what happens. That's another show that um, plays out quite blatantly on social media. Yeah, keeps, gets everyone gets everyone involved. Well, yeah, because they get everyone involved, they tweet out like the, the wanted posters and things. But this year they've been particularly antagonistic towards... Um, Towards certain teams, and certain teams have been particularly antagonistic towards the uh, the chief of the Antis, which is going to make it an incredibly fun show to watch. Have I told you that I haven't even looked at my notes for this episode yet? No, you haven't, but I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't think I didn't look at my notes because I'm like I don't remember writing down too many good jokes, so I've been just sort of winging it. Yeah, and. At the Museum of History, teams have to take a 20-question version of the Canadian Citizenship Test in our first 150 challenge in a while. And once they score 15 out of 20, they receive their next clue. And as we mentioned at the top of this podcast, last night I took a 20-question version of the Canadian Citizenship Test, got 15 out of 20, without really looking at the questions. Logan is, of course, the most Canadian Canadian, so he got 21 out of 20. Indeed. In fact, my score was so high that I was allowed to give... That I was given the right to uh, grant somebody else Canadian citizenship. And who did you choose? I chose Deputy Minister Patana. I thought you might have. <laughs> it was either him or Donkey Kong. I mean, had I had to guess, I would have either said Deputy Minister Patana or Alan Wu, given that you do love both of them equally. Oh, right, Alan Wu. Ah, Deputy Minister Patana's first priority. Like, this is how lame my notes were for this episode. Like, I'm just going to read out, like, a quick string of four notes. Corey not thrilled. Adam likes it clockwise. The horse's name is William, Gus, and Duncan. Andrea can't stop laughing about dressing up a horse. Oh, no, that's Andrea. It's tough when they both have the same spelling, so I have to think for a second which one is Andrea and Andrea. I need to write some sort of alternative. I need to put an accent in there or something. Then... Ryan realizes there's a bunch of stuff. Andrea's missing a rope. The horse farts on Karen. Like, that's my string of notes for the horse task. Like, man, wow, what am I supposed to do with this? I actually think sometimes our podcast is better when we have to discuss boring episodes because we just get angry with production and make shitty jokes. Oh, the director with the tulips was named. Her name is Michelle. I wrote that down. I know everyone's names who's ever given out a clue... On the Amazing Race Canada. And fun fact, when um, when she rejected Corey Nirvana, she did say, um, Get lost, you bloody povos! <laughs> Just like our very own Michelle Pierce Denovan. Yeah. Apart from the fact that actually Michelle was the uh, the curator of the art gallery. There was a bloke giving out the clues for um, for the tulip task. Oh, okay. Um, 
Oh, yeah, and it was kind of funny. The guy who gave the clue at the other detour, the Canada Council place, he wasn't named, but then his family member perceived the post online saying, hey, uh, my brother was the clue giver at the Canada Art Council. Well, he was the clue giver at the Tulips. She was the clue giver at the Art Council. Oh, no, 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 not the Art art Bank. It was the, um, the citizenship guy. Oh, right. The guy who um, who took great delight in failing people. Yes. The the guy who loves to deport Canadians. Yeah. You fail this nine times and you will be deported regardless if you were born in Canada or not. My favourite thing is the first team there was Sam and Paul. And he was like, Sam, you have passed. Paul, you have failed. Grin. <laughs> yeah. It was just his evil grin when he had to say, Paul, you suck. It's kind of funny because Sam and Paul are like the most pro-Canadian guys out there. The most patriotic ones. And then Paul couldn't even pass the citizenship test, which features boring Canadian trivia that Sam and Paul studied, not only throughout their lives, but prior to the start of the race. That was a specific thing they focused on, and it would have come in handy here. But no, Paul squanders the lead away, and instead Adam and Andrea win the leg. To be fair, the citizenship test that I took at least was more general knowledge, and it was stuff like, what is the capital of Canada? Like I think what after watching this episode, it might be Ottawa. <laughs> Just get in a hint. Is it Sudbury? No, that's the capital of the the bit of Canada we don't talk about. Okay, Voldemort Mussoliniville. I know that that's Hamilton, but I still don't care. And yeah, Karen passes but fails, and Adam and Andrea leaving first. And he didn't study, and he still passed, just like at school. Yep, that's a lesson for you kids at home watching. It is. Don't try hard in school, kids. You can still win the Amazing Race Canada. It's kind of funny that uh, there are some viewers who are really pissed off that people can pass the citizenship test. Somebody even put hashtag shameful on Twitter. This is so shameful. I can't believe this. Let's get rid of all these guys. They're insulting our nation. Grrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
I would laugh this hard since the black family. I know you haven't. That's what I mean. After 206 episodes, I have broken you. In case people don't know, in our very first podcast, which don't go back and watch, it was shite. We, for some reason, were all quite sleep deprived and found it hilarious that that Phil had accidentally been very racist when talking about the black family, to the point where Logan and I were in fits of giggles for about five or ten minutes non-stop. And since then, they have become one of our uh, favourite teams to mention, just because it brings out massive amounts of laughter every time. So yeah, Derek Mayo and the Condiment family, who do sound like some sort of Motown band. Or like a terrible commercial by Heinz or something. What, singing condiments? It's not too far from the uh, Great British Bake Off advert that they put out last week. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, yeah, Adam and Andrea win the leg, shockingly. And they win the best prize since a trip to Chicago. They win a trip to five Canadian cities. Yeah, Adam gets to make up for another one of his backpacking adventures. When he went backpacking before he left for Thailand, um, this is true. This is definitely true. He was like, yeah, I was going to go to Regina. But I just didn't have enough money or time, so I didn't go. I wonder if they get to pick the five cities or whether Monty gets to pick for them. Maybe it's like the um, picking veto players in Big, in Big Brother. You just have to stick your hand in a box and pick out five random cities. Yeah, Adam and Andrea just, just trust Monty. So he's like, okay, you're going to go to Whistler as your first city. Because of personal reasons, you're going to go to Wrestle, Manitoba, and Flin Flon, and Churchill... And Hamilton, Ontario. All courtesy of Campbell Soup. Canada is good. It's a super trip for a super team. <laughs> super. Also, just going back to the... Um, we saw more shots of a horse's arsehole than we did of Suki and Jinder. I went back and watched that task because of us talking about me trying to put the Shabir clip over that. They actually didn't have to get naked. No. No, they ha- they stayed in their underwear. Oh. At no point did they actually say that they were going to have to get naked. Mm. And as a special treat at the pit stop, the teams get to reaffirm their Canadian citizenship. Boring. We did get to see some more season one of 24 with Ivana breaking out some more Serbian, though. Very true, we did. And we kind of predicted that. It was at least nice to see, even if it was very predictable. And yeah... At least she tells her parents she loves them. Yeah. I like Michelle. <laughs> now, Michelle hates the rest of her family. It's not not her parents she hates. She hates her children. Yeah. Her parents are okay, but not her kids. Exactly. Oh, I, I'm looking forward to podcasting with Michelle again and making all of these jokes to her face. Hunted is going to be fun. <laughs> Podcasting's supposed to be fun, Michael. <laughs> if anyone out there has not seen Hunted, by the way, it is the best show on TV. I must say our podcasts about last year were very fun. You can always tell when we're having a lot of fun talking about shows. Yeah. Unlike Amazing Race Canada. So let's just get through the order. It was Adam and Andrea first, Sam and Paul second. Who was third? Uh, That was Corey Nirvana. Corey Nirvana were third, and Corey finally knows not to uh, pick up Ivana at the pit stop. He understands her back pain. Um, Fourth, I presume, was Karen and Bert. Fifth was Kevin and Ryan, and last and rigged by production to be saved, supposedly, is Andrew and Ebony, and Ebony has probably the biggest reaction of anybody who's been saved by a non-elimination. She nearly runs into Gatineau 
when she hears that she's saved. She nearly does a lap of the entirety of Quebec, which is something that wasn't actually mentioned on the episode. But yeah, they went Ontario to Quebec, just for the activity info and then the pit stop. Yeah, it's just crossing one river and back. I know, but still. And yeah, they're saved from elimination, but boo, because Amazing Race Canada cannot do any innovation whatsoever. They get a speed bump next week. Yeah, yeah, lame speed bump, and we're going to get stand-up comedy, and as predicted, a face-off, and we also predicted a sporting face-off in the form of bowling. (laughs) That's going to be fun to watch. I mean, they're getting slowly towards the Hammerot's level of a double battle. It's not chocolate wrestling or being on roller skates, grabbing bats and chucking them into cauldrons yet, but... Bowling is about as far from a sport as they've ever done. Maybe apart from curling, because curling isn't a sport. They did golf last year. True, golf also isn't a sport. But bowling definitely isn't a sport. I don't know, until that to the 300-pound bowlers. Having said that, bowling is about the one sport double battle that I wouldn't suck at. It's just right behind a Mario Kart double battle. Oh yeah, Mario Kart I'd slaughter anyone at. But bowling, I wouldn't disgrace myself. At least. Who do you think's going to be good at bowling? Who looks like a bowler? Who looks like a grant bowler? Well, according to you, pretty much everyone has dealt with bowls before. Yeah. In a bit that I cut from the podcast. Probably Karen and Bert. I'm just going to put this out there. If Kevin and Ryan do not have to take a penalty at the stand-up comedy task, then I'm going to call this show rigged. 100%. <laughs> if that crowd starts laughing or cheering and or applauding, they must be plants by production and probably mustard seed plants, if that. I do like the fact that they are keeping up with the tradition of stand-up comedy, having rotten fruit on hand. (laughs) Robin Kim would be so pissed. Yeah, every comedy gig I've ever been to has had rotten fruit on hand. Spoilers, it hasn't. I hear having rotten fruit thrown at you is slightly more pleasant than a horse's ass. Too bad they couldn't throw that on, on stage at Kevin or Ryan. You're so bad you get a horse's ass thrown at you. <laughs> so yeah, next week, uh, teams go back to Newfoundland. Alliances crumble, there's fishing for some reason, a comedy club task, and a bowling double battle. And um, who do you think is going to be good at the bowling? Oh, I think probably Kevin and Ryan. They're probably in a bowling league where their team name is Giver and that too. So yeah, I think they'll probably win that double battle, unfortunately. And I think next week, Andrew and Ebony are going to go home. Who do you think? Someone accidentally spoiled it for me, so I know who goes to home next oh. week. <laughs> That's why I'm being quiet about it, because I, I do know. Um, and we've had a, a few questions. Um, Maneeb says, do you think Ryan's brother used Reality Fan Forum or a similar website to track down where the tasks were taking place? Yep. Yeah, someone in the family has actually confirmed that it wasn't just that, it was the fact that CTV actually mentioned it on their Twitter feed on the day, and there was like a family group chat of some description going, Dude, you gotta go! <laughs> I like how we just assume the whole family talks like that. Uh, Kurt asks, was this the shortest distance between the final task and pit stop ever on Amazing Race Canada? Probably. I don't know. They went up to a roof? Yeah. That was it? <laughs> Uh, and Sven Derek says, which of these prizes would you have won? A trip to Chicago or the Five City Cross Canada trip? Chicago. Yeah, Chicago, probably. <laughs> I love when we didn't even consider the Five City trip. Hive of corruption or travelling around 
the arse end of Canada. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Is there anything else to say? No. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at LoveSuperKuwaki, and you can follow Michael at MJ Harmstone. So, peace out and just chill till the next episode. And please stay away from horses' assholes. Who's Josh Relish? <laughs> He's with Brian Barbecue Sauce. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. They failed a citizenship test, and now you have this this asshole naming himself Johnny Mustard. Why am I watching this? This is an insult to our great nation. Is that man Victor Vinegar? <laughs> <laughs>